Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sharon Stevens. This month, Sauce Magazine featured how some local restaurants are making it a priority to keep food scraps out of landfills. The U.S. Department of Agriculture reports that 30 to 40 percent of the U.S. food supply is wasted. Think of how much food you buy that ends up going bad in the fridge. I'm instantly ashamed. It takes serious organization and planning not to waste food. Joining me in studio for our monthly soundbite segment to delve further into the matter are Sauce Magazine's managing editor, Heather Hughes, and Total Organics marketing coordinator, Sarah Kosatek. Hello, ladies. Hi. And... uh, I'd like to invite our listeners into today's conversation. If you have a question or comment for our guests, give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 314-382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org. All right, Heather. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. What are the benefits of composting? Uh, how exactly is that so much better than just throwing materials in the trash? Uh, well, I, it has to do with the way that the food breaks down. Uh, if you throw um, any leftover food or food scraps into a landfill, it's going to take a really, really long time to decompose. And as it decomposes, it's going to produce a lot of methane gas. If you put the same stuff into a compost pile, I mean, I'll direct you to Sarah for the details, (laughs) but it breaks down in a different way that does not produce methane gas in the same way because of the mix of oxygen um, in the compost pile. Uh, So it's I mean, as far as consumers are concerned, it's maybe a little more inconvenient to make your own compost pile or to uh, hook up with a service to get somebody to take those organic materials away. But as far as the earth is concerned, um, it is definitely worth the inconvenience um, simply to break, cut down on um, greenhouse gases that we produce through our own actions. And you know, um, the article in Sauce Magazine has this picture Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy, out of the landfill, <laughs> and I mean it's gross. Yeah, <laughs> just um, Sarah. Let me ask you: um, How did you start? How did Total Organics get started? Sure. So um, our owner and president, Patrick Garrity, he saw a need for food scrap collection to become a thing in St. Louis, and we were actually approached by Walmart in the early 2010s about wanting to compost their food scraps that they could not sell for whatever reason. Um, Maybe it had fallen on the floor. Um, So we started our composting operation um, food scrap wise in 2010 and Patrick formed Total Organics Recycling in 2014. And then we reached out to restaurants and organizations around St. Louis because they were actually reaching out to us because they wanted to compost their food scraps already. A food scrap can be anything, right? Yeah. Um, unlike um, just composting your backyard, we can take the meats and the bones and the poultry items because we operate on such a large scale. Okay. Heather, how are, how are restaurants starting to limit uh, their food waste? Um, this is something we've talked about several times before. Um, restaurants, uh, there's a, a big trend in restaurants to 
try to attain a no-waste goal, um, and they do it in different ways, some by partnering with places like Total Organics to pick up their compostable materials. Um, some, like Visia is someone that we've talked about before who um, is trying to use every small part of the vegetable from like carrot tops to peels and different ways um, in creative ways so that everything gets eaten um, and then even the need to compost is reduced. Can you um, explain some of those creative ways? Yeah, well, um, we, let me, the one that immediately comes to mind is um, a lot of places won't serve carrot tops, that they'll just use the carrot. Um, and VCM make, makes a carrot top pesto that's really good. They make uh, little sauces and things like that. And they also, they make, um, I think it's called grill sauce, where they'll take vegetable scraps, cook it down um, many times over. And a lot of their sauces are made from materials that some places might toss in the bin. Um, so these are small ways, and it's, I mean, it's, fantastic. And as far as the trend goes, it brings a lot of attention to food waste, um, as well as being delicious or, or <laughs> using their food effectively. Um, but restaurants are just a very small piece of the puzzle when it comes to, to food waste. And like you said at the start, uh, USDA says that over one third of all available food goes uneaten, um, which to me is nuts. And that, that was part of... Um, the impetus to have this article was like, okay, we, we've talked about restaurants a lot, but this problem is massive. And when you start hearing the data on it, it's like that can't even be possible. Like the EPA says that discarded food is the biggest single component of U.S. landfills. And you think about how much methane that produces, it's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, but when you think about, okay, a third of all available food goes to waste, and then your own refrigerator, like you <laughs> said in the beginning as well. It's like, okay, that makes total sense. We buy more than we need. We don't plan enough, so we end up tossing it. And then it's much more annoying to start a compost pile, so we just throw it in the trash, and it goes into the landfill. Um, let, so Let me take us to our caller because he has something uh, that he wants to talk about that sure. I think you could answer. This is John in St. Louis. John, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, Please go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just curious, uh, you know, as grocers go, you know, certainly I, I, I would presume a portion at least of their produce and and such doesn't get sold. And do you have any metrics on how much of that is uh, ending up in landfills? Um, I imagine a lot, sir. I don't know if you have numbers on that. Sure. Um, I don't have nationwide numbers or even numbers for St. Louis, but um, we've been working with the Schnucks grocery stores for a number of years now, and just a couple of their stores alone, not even all of them, they've composted over 3 million pounds worth of produce that they otherwise can't donate or cannot sell. Now, 3 million sure sounds like a lot, but there's more out there, isn't there? There's so <laughs> much more, and that's just a portion of the Schnucks stores. Um, that's not even considering all the other grocery stores that we have in St. Louis, like Aldi's or Deerberg's or grocery stores it's, like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's huge. And it's not just the produce that they're unable to sell. It's there's farms end up throwing away produce because it's not um, pretty enough or it's uh, even just like weirdly shaped vegetables aren't going to make it to the grocery store shelf. So that can go into a landfill. Um, and then grocery stores do the same if things uh, don't, 
aren't up to snuff as far as appearances go. Even if it's perfectly good produce, it's not going to make it to the shelves. And then uh, the next step is consumers who uh, don't end up buying stuff that's uh, blemished in some way or another. And then that's, again, all of that happens before it even makes it to your refrigerator. Okay. Sarah, uh, what kind of training do you need to work for Total Organics? Sure, yeah. So we provide all of our drivers training. Um, so we pick up a lot of certified compostable serviceware, so like plastic spoons, plastic forks, cups. Um, there's compostable food handler gloves out there, bags. And so we train the drivers how to spot if it's compostable or if it's not, um, just because there's very minimal markings on the bag. So just to the random Joe Schmo on the street, they would have no idea how to tell if it was compostable or not. Um, so our drivers are trained to be able to spot that very quickly. Okay. One of our uh, listeners on Twitter has a question, and he writes, can you comment on the difference between pre-consumer and post-consumer waste? Sure. So pre-consumer is, think of it like the back of the house of a restaurant. Um, so it is the trimmings that they're cutting up um, tomatoes or they're peeling banana peels. So um, that would be considered back of the house or pre-consumer waste. Post-consumer is um, if you were to go to a restaurant and you didn't eat all of your food, that would be considered post-consumer. Okay, very good. Um, Sauce Magazine has written stories on the no-waste movement in restaurants, but that is only part of the picture. Um, some say that the American food waste problem is an, an insanely complicated one that comes down to small decisions that all of us make every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think absolutely. If we're uh, willing to put up with a little inconvenience um, in our own kitchens and backyards, um, it, it's a problem that ha- the solution has to start at every level, which is like we were talking about Vicia's making use of more of the vegetables that they buy. Um, it's when places like Straubs and Schnooks that partner with Total Organics who can get rid of stuff that would have gone to a landfill. Um, it's also us planning meals so we don't throw out half of <laughs> what we get at the store. Um, so it's, and we've talked about uh, part of the the true like tragedy of this problem is that there are so many people in the states who don't have enough to eat and we're just throwing out a third of, of food they could be eating. Um, so they're at the story in Sauce Magazine last month also features a few places that's redistributing food mm-hmm. um, that wouldn't have to go to a composting heap. Um, so, yeah, it's a really complicated problem. Um, and the solution really does come up to all of us. It's easy to say, like, oh, these terrible grocery stores were just throwing out all that stuff. But it's stuff that we're not willing to buy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, by setting up our own compost uh, or getting hooked up with a company who can uh, do that for us um, by buying produce that's not picture perfect, sort of like changing the culture of the way that we purchase food. Um, there's a lot that we can do as individuals to help the problem. Is this um, unique to the United States, or are we talking about a worldwide problem? Um, it's a worldwide problem. I'll let Sarah, if you have more information, I know that there are uh, well-advertised changes in the laws in France, um, limiting how much grocery stores are allowed to throw away. Um, I know that uh, Germany 
in the past few years, maybe a few years ago, um, there was a big move to change expiration dates on packaging because they can be arbitrary and um, food can still be good and people end up throwing it away for no good reason. Um, But the U.S. is definitely one of the leaders in the problem of food waste. Um, It's obviously a worldwide issue, but uh, we're not (laughs) we're not at the head of the curve for dealing with it. Can you explain how composting works and and what you do, what you can do with the compost? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So composting food waste diverts the organic materials from the landfills, thus reducing that methane gas that Heather was talking about previously. Methane gas being? um, It helps or it contributes significantly to the climate change. Um, So it heats up our atmosphere. And so when you're composting your food scraps, you're thus reducing all that methane gas that's um, 84 times more potent than regular CO2. And then it, additionally, the compost, um, the, additionally, the use of the recycled food scraps as compost, once it actually breaks down, it improves soil health and structure, it increases drought resistance, and reduces the need for supplemental water, fertilizers, and pesticides. How can people start composting at home? Do you have any tips? Sure, yeah. So they can just find a pile in their backyard or um, just start throwing stuff in a pile in the corner. Maybe it doesn't need to get sunlight. That's something I get asked all the time that I have a shady spot in my backyard that I want to start composting. But um, I'm scared that since it's the sun's not getting to it, it's not going to heat up the material. But composting is a very natural process. I mean, it's been happening since before the dinosaurs have been around. So it's all very natural and breaks down without the help of the sun. So you're going to start throwing your leaves, um, some of your grass clippings. You can start throwing them in a pile, and nature will take care of the rest. <laughs> do, do people need to get special tools or other materials to help? They can. Um, I honestly think it's a personal preference. Um, if they like the some of the bins can be aesthetically pleasing versus just having a pile of leaves <laughs> and food scraps and grass clippings in your backyard. Um, but... I mean, it, the bins cost money, so compost <laughs> composting is supposed to be free, and it and it's helpful to our environment. So, you know, you honestly don't need a bin. Um, it would probably be helpful if you had like a rake or a pitchfork, because you do need to turn your piles out, your pile every couple of weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And something that I always suggest to people is having two piles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a something um, a lot of residents and homeowners don't really think about because as one pile is cooking and breaking down, you still have food waste and leaves and grass clippings that you're contributing to and you need to have a pile you're adding them to. So you need to let it like wait every once in a while? Correct. Yeah, you should have one pile you're adding stuff to and one pile that's quote unquote cooking. (laughs) Do do either of you have a success story about a, a restaurant that you've worked with? Sure, yeah. Um, a restaurant probably would be, um, for example, the Straubs. I know we keep mentioning the Straubs, <laughs> um, but they have four locations, and they've been composting with us for the last eight years or so, and they've diverted over two million pounds of food scraps <laughs> over the years, and then they actually get the compost and bagged. And then they sell it back, so they're promoting the full circle process. Great. I'm going to stop you right there. Sorry, our time is winding down. (laughs) It's gone. Uh, I want to thank Heather Hughes and Sarah 
Kosatek, for joining me today. Thank you very much, Thank ladies. You. Good to see you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.